All right, well, last week we began our series in Fit Church, and we talked about we can be healthy but not necessarily fit. Um, it's one thing to look good, but it's another thing to be able to do things. Uh, Doug is now biking on a consistent basis, hopefully still, every day. Okay, so when he first started biking, you were biking, how many, how many, how many miles were you biking when you first started? Six. He was, he was doing six miles uh, to start, and now because he's been consistently exercising on his bike, he's now biking 15 miles. So he's gained nine miles a day because he's been consistent in the exercise and discipline of cycling. It's not fun, but I guess about two when Yes. If you've, ever, if you've ever biked that far like, and you're not into biking, by the way, it, it, it's, not, it's not just a joy. Um, now, you see these professionals who travel like 40 miles an hour for hours, and you're like, it's not that hard. No, it is, it is not fun. <laughs> um, but consistent discipline and exercise over time makes a difference. Um, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to assume, but I'm sure you feel better on a consistent basis, not necessarily while you're biking, but you probably feel you can do more because you are staying consistent in that exercise. And he's saying yes, for those of you who can't see his face. But when we talk about being a fit church, there are things that healthy churches do in order to stay fit. You know, it, it, it's healthy to come together and, and, you know, we all worship and we all pray and we all do these things. But if there, there are specific disciplines that every healthy church should be doing. And so last week we talked about and I challenged you that fit churches pray corporately. They, they pray corporately, and I talked about how churches that were, that were headed for death, that were going to close down, and were able to turn it around, they found that 100% of the churches that were able to turn around and have sustained health made corporate prayer a priority. And so we, I challenged you as your pastor, I said, hey, make it to one corporate prayer service a month, minimum. Just say, hey, I'm going to commit to this. And so, you know, again, I'll say it. Every Wednesday night from 6 to 7 p.m., we have prayer. Every Sunday morning from 9.40 to 10. Now, today went 9.40 to 10.05 uh, because I talk too much at 9.40. And, uh, and then the first Sunday night of the month and then the following Wednesday night. Now, I'm going to tell you now because that between that Sunday night and Wednesday night, we're also encouraging people to pray and fast during those three days believing that at the beginning of the month, if we set, okay, I'm not one to do the metaphors and stuff, but if we set a tenth of the month aside, we're going to believe that God's going to bless the other 90% of our month, okay? That's what we're doing. So next Sunday is that Sunday. So begin thinking this week, okay, so Sunday through Wednesday, I'm, I'm going to fast meat, um, I'm going to fast, whatever it is, I'm going to fast my dessert that I have every day. Now, again, you can't fast something that you don't normally take, okay? I cannot say, I'm going to fast gluten. I'm not fasting gluten. I haven't eaten gluten in three years. Like, it's not a fast. I have to be willing to sacrifice something, okay? All right. Um, and so that's, that's that. So one, every, at least one corporate prayer gathering a month is what we're encouraging, and we also want to encourage you, get to as many as you can, because it's going to benefit you, and it's going to benefit our church. Now, I'm also not saying neglect all responsibilities in your household, okay? 
All right, I just have to say that for some people because some people will take on more than they need to, but I'm saying you need to be at least one. All right. This morning, we're going to jump into our next exercise. And again, this is something that churches should be doing on a consistent basis. And when I, when I hit you with this one, you're going to go, well, yeah, pastor, that's a really simple one. But it's also something that I think many people take for granted, um, or we're also not making it a priority because we do it passively. Okay? Now, I'm not going to I'm not going to beat around the bush too long. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about learning continuously. Okay, so last week we talked about praying corporately. This week, we're talking about learning continuously. That means that you never stop learning. Some people are like, hold up. I graduated many years ago, Pastor Jonathan. I am done. No, 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 no. God has created us to learn continuously. We have not reached the complete knowledge of Jesus Christ at this point, and we should be continuing to learn about who he is and what he desires for us. When we think about exercise, whenever we think about exercise, our mind ultimately goes to physical exercise, right? We go to things like jumping jacks, push-ups, somebody running, somebody biking, somebody lifting weights, This is what we think of when we think about exercising because we think of physical exercising. But you should also be exercising your brain on a consistent basis. If you don't exercise your brain, exercise your mind, what's going to end up happening is the same thing that would happen if you didn't exercise physically. You are going to begin to get depressed. You are going to begin to get emotionally unstable because your brain was also meant to be exercised. And if we stop exercising our brain, what will end up happening over time is your brain is going to begin to lose certain parts of function. That's a scary thing. And I'm just just hitting you with it right off the bat, okay? Because then we can build into encouragement. But we have to understand that exercising our brain is extremely important. Listen, I'd rather you exercise your brain then exercise physically. And now both are as important, okay? Both are very important. You should exercise physically and exercise your brain. But I've met a lot of people who have exercised their body and not their brain, and they end up getting hurt because they can't think, I shouldn't do that. Because people who exercise their body and not their mind end up becoming full of themselves. Oh, I have seen far too many pastors pastors get so caught up in exercising their body and not their mind that they become so full of themselves that they end up falling. Pastors. And it happens to people too. It's just, I'm in the pastoral world. And probably you know people like this. You probably know somebody who began to focus so heavily on their body and then everything began to fall apart in their life. But when we exercise our mind the way that God intends for us to exercise our mind, there's something, something very humbling about it. Because the more we come to an understanding of who God is and how great and majestic and powerful he is, all it's going to do is make you feel small. And it's going to make you feel weak. 
And so while you're exercising your body and exercising your mind, one, you're getting healthier, but you're also getting healthier spiritually because you're going, I may be able to do more now physically than I've ever been able to do, but I recognize how much I need Jesus. And when we're exercising our mind, that's ultimately where we should be led, is recognizing how much we need Jesus. So, you know, when we think about exercising our mind, you can do this at any age, right? There are things that you cannot do as you get older with your body. I think about professional athletes. Um, you know, I'm 33, 33 years old now, 32 years old now, 32. I just turned 32. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Um, it's good to have her here for moments like that because I haven't been there anyway. Uh, so I'm 32 now. So, you know, I'm crossing the threshold of I'm not seeing many professional athletes my age anymore. I remember when I was in my mid-20s and I would, I would watch an NFL game or I'd turn on NBA or something, and I'd see, like, oh, that person's my age, but they're way more in shape than I am. Uh, but now that I'm 32, I'm beginning to look at these professional athletes and probably 90% of them are younger than me. Why? Because rigorous exercise and the way that these professional athletes operate in their bodies on a consistent basis is not sustainable. That's why, it's, that's why it's celebrated when you see professional athletes in their 30s. And when you see them in their 40s, it's such a rarity that you just stand there and like, how is he still doing it? Because I'll tell you right now that I'm 32 years old. And listen, I can't stand the man, but I respect Tom Brady. Because if at 32, I, I cannot understand you are overrated. I don't understand how a man at his age is able to do as much as he does. Listen, I don't care if he wins or loses on a consistent basis. That man can take a football and throw it halfway across the field, and he's still better than I am. And he's, listen, our minds can be exercised moving forward, but your body will not hold up over time. Okay. So understand, do not reject, and listen, yeah, obviously your mind loses it too over time, but you can still exercise your mind as best as you possibly can, just as you could with your body, right? I guarantee in 20 years I won't be able to do as many push-ups as I do today. Somebody made a comment and they timed it poorly. And I know who it was. I'll see you after class. So... <clears throat> But the more, the more that we learn, the more we exercise our body, I'm sorry, our mind, what ends up happening is we recognize that exercising our mind helps our health. Um, and one of the things that we do when we think about our mind is, you know, I, I think, and this is, this is, just, this is true, uh, we think that experience is the greatest teacher, Right? I mean, when we look at somebody who's lived a long life and they've gone through so many experiences and things, we look at them and they go, man, you have, you have an abundance of knowledge and wisdom because of the things that you've seen and endured. And this is a solid fact. This is a fact because experience is a great teacher. Amen? It is. We learn. But, but we, we have to understand that experience isn't the only teacher. <laughs> There's a reason why Pastor Julie said, What? Because experience isn't the only teacher. 
Job 32, 8 says this, but it is the spirit in a person, the breath of the Almighty that gives them understanding. It is not only the old who are wise, not only the aged who understand what is right. God has created you to learn and understand. But what he's done is he's created you. You're welcome, I muted that. He has created us to learn and understand from him. That's why it says Job, which by the way, in case you didn't know, Job is the oldest book in the Bible. Yes, Genesis writes about the beginning, but Job was written prior. It is the spirit in a person, the breath of the Almighty that gives them understanding. It is not only the old who are wise, not only the aged who understand what is right. The reason why I say experience isn't the only teacher is because as a youth pastor and even as a lead pastor, I have heard phrases like this, and you may have said this to me, and I, have, I can assure you that right now I'm not thinking of anybody in my head, but this is one of the most difficult to swallow sayings for me is that, well, I had to learn this way, and so my child will have to as well. I had to go through this, and they will as well. That breaks my heart. Because I didn't have to learn from my own experiences only. I could learn from my parents' experiences. And I assure you, you should be teaching your children so that they also can learn from your experiences. Your child should not have to endure what you endured. I'm going to say that one more time. Your child should not have to endure what you endured. If they choose that for themselves, okay. But we are not taught to just let children figure it out on their own. We are taught to train up children in the Lord. That is what we are taught to do. We are taught to train them. And part of training them is explaining and teaching and saying, listen, I know you want to do this, but listen, I've already tried it, and I can assure you it doesn't work. Listen, I, I tried to do this on my own. And what's amazing and what I've seen over time, and this is, this is what my parents can tell you this, there was, and my sister can definitely assure you of this because my sister's here. It's great to have you here, Amanda. I went off to college, Okay, I went off to college, and my parents, they were a blessing in my life, and they did so much for me. So much. I would argue too much. That's okay, though. They raised me in the way that they did. Okay, all right. I didn't do a lot of chores. Now, I say I didn't do a lot of chores, but if mom said, hey, my mom and papa are coming over, I was getting up off my butt, and I was cleaning that house as I possibly could. Okay? But I went off to college, and it was like, I'm doing everything for myself. You know, I'm doing my own laundry. You know, I'm doing my dishes. I'm doing everything for myself. And I come home and something, a switch flipped. Because I remembered my mom always saying, like, Jonathan, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. But it never clicked in my head. But I go off to college and I have to figure it out for myself because I didn't, wasn't willing to listen to my parents. And I come home and I start yelling at my sisters and I'm like, listen, I've learned this now. Like, you have to contribute. You have to understand that it's going to benefit you to learn this now. Why? Because I wanted my sisters to learn from my experience. 
And we all have the opportunity to do this. And in the Christian faith, I would argue we are commanded to do this. To help one another understand, listen, I've walked down this road. You don't have to walk down that road. I assure you it leads to destruction. It leads to disappointment. Instead, walk towards Jesus. Walk towards responsibility. Walk towards love. And this is what we have to understand, is that we cannot leave experience as the only teacher in our lives. We should be continuously learning, continuously learning. So uh, today, I, I assure you, we should be desiring to learn more about Jesus. We should have a desire to learn more about leadership, why? Because Jesus taught so often on leadership, and he has gifted people to teach us about leadership. We have a, should have a desire, if we are in leadership, to learn about it. We learn more about how to live through Jesus. We learn more about parenting through Jesus. We learn more about wisdom and understanding because God is an amazing teacher who wants to train you. But the, reason, the reality is we need to understand that we need to be continuous learners. We don't know it all yet. We don't know it all yet. After all, we are created to make disciples. Some of you are like, Pastor, you're still not to the scripture. I'm getting there. I'm building, I'm building to it. I did already give one, by the way. We're taught to make disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is a student or a follower. So Jesus had 12 disciples, right? And a, what a disciple did in, in Jewish culture, this is, this is amazing, you're going to love this. So a rabbi would have disciples that would follow him. It wasn't just Jesus who had disciples, okay? So a rabbi would have disciples. And the disciples learned from what the rabbi taught, but they also learned from what they saw the rabbi do. Because the disciples didn't just sit in a class, instead they walked with the rabbi everywhere that he went. A disciple would give up everything to follow the rabbi. That's why when you see Jesus call the fishermen and say, hey, come follow me, and they leave their nets, that was the calling of a disciple. It's the same calling he offers to you today. He says, hey, drop everything you're doing and follow me. Now, does that mean you leave your job? I mean, if he says leave your job, then yeah, that's what he's saying. But, He's not saying that. He's saying, hey, I want you to leave behind your way of life. I want you to leave behind your dreams. And I want you to follow me. Because my plan for you is better than your plan. My desires for you are greater than your desires. So just leave it all behind and follow me. We're not called to just create people who listen, but we're called to make disciples who give up everything follow Jesus. So this morning, as we, as we move forward, I, I, think, uh, I think there are some of you in this room who are hearing me and you're like, yeah, I love learning. You know, I, I'm so thankful that I had a pastor when I first got to Ohio. His name was Josh Williford, and he's actually, he's actually now the, the head of um, leadership development in the state of Ohio for the Assemblies of God. Um, I learned how to learn from Josh. That's not a joke. My greatest strength, learner was nowhere near the list. And then by the time I left the church two and a half years later, learner was at the top of my list. 
Why? Because I understood finally, finally, that I needed to learn if I wanted to grow. In Ephesians, Paul talks about learning and growing. This is what he says in Ephesians 3, verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, so he's saying, this is already done. You are already rooted. You are already established in love. You've already given your life to Jesus. Jesus is your cornerstone, the foundation of everything that you are. That you may have power together with all the Lord's people. All right. Power together in unity to grasp, to grasp, to understand how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. That we would understand together how big, how wide, how high, how deep his love is for us. And this is what I love. He says, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What I love about this passage of scripture is something that is not able to be fully understood, is that Jesus doesn't just teach us in knowledge. He teaches us spiritually in a way that we don't understand and yet we grasp it and it transforms us from the inside out. Jesus teaches us peace not because it's something we understand, but it's something he teaches to our spirit that transforms our entire outlook on circumstances. Amen? It's peace that surpasses all understanding. That when you're walking through a battle, like many of you in this room are right now, you still have peace, you still have joy, because the Holy Spirit has taught it to your spirit, not a knowledge that you understand, but a grasp or an understanding that has taken place supernaturally. Because when we grow in our knowledge, we also grow in our Spirit. Christ wants to fill you not only with knowledge, but he wants to fill you with who he is. He wants to transform you from the inside out. So we aren't just learning standards. We aren't just learning rules. Instead, we're learning about truth, both what it is and who it is. Jesus helps us learn by depositing his Holy Spirit into us so that we can understand. I was talking with somebody uh, recently, and one of the things they said was, Pastor Jonathan, I really feel like recently you've just been, been talking about, you've been using scripture more recently. And I looked at the person and I said, if anything, I've been using less. <laughs> and they were like, what? I was like, man, I was, I was preaching chapters at a time before. And then we began to talk about their life. And, you know, one of the things that they had said was, well, I, I, you know, I, I finally devoted and said, Jesus, I give you my whole life. I'm not holding anything back anymore. And I said, well, great. That's why you think I'm preaching more scripture, because the Holy Spirit is doing something within you that I can't ever give you. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. I'm your pastor, but he's your teacher. He's the one who takes my words and makes them hit your heart and hit your mind and helps you grow. This morning, what we're going to be talking about is how do we continuously learn? Romans 12, 2, uh, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we renew our mind? We stay in his word and we allow him to teach us. So, 
How do we learn? Well, first of all, many of you in this room are now taking part in this. Titus 1.9, he must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Paul's writing to a pastor here. He's talking to Titus. In 1 Timothy 3.2, now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, and able to teach. 1 Timothy 5.17, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work in preaching and teaching. Hebrews 13.7, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way to life of life and imitate their faith. God created us to be a part of the body of Christ, a part of his church, and he created and designed his church in such a way that we are to consistently be taught his word. Acts 2.42 says they gathered together and devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's the first thing it lists, the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And so when we gather together on Sunday mornings, I hope that you learn something. But the problem is, sometimes we come to church thinking we know everything, so you miss the important nugget of knowledge that the Holy Spirit wants to put in your heart that day because you come so full of yourself. This is, like, this is real here. You know what I love? Like, this sounds crazy. Pastor Julian and I have both experienced this. I love when somebody comes up to me after service and says, Pastor, I loved that you said this today. And I go, I never said that at all. <laughs> but what takes place in the moment is the Holy Spirit is taking what I'm saying and he's reframing it to your life to your heart, to your mind, and what takes place in your heart is you begin to learn something that the Holy Spirit wants to teach you specifically. But the reality is we need to come ready to learn corporately because if we're not learning corporately, then we're going to miss what God desires to do in us individually. If we're not ready to learn corporately, we're going to miss what God desires to do, us, do within us individually. Some people think they know it all, and so when you come, you begin to think, man, I hope this person's listening today. <laughs> yeah. Or you think, man, I'm going to send this to this person on YouTube later because they need to hear this message. Now listen, you can still do that. You can still share. You can still encourage other people. But if you're not coming to the house of God to hear from God, you're missing what he has for you. He desires for us to learn corporately. Uh, the other things that we have to understand about learning is that we schedule out time. So we do this as a church, and I encourage you to do it individually. We schedule out times to learn. You know, tonight is a great opportunity. We say every second and fourth Sunday night is an opportunity for men and women to come to learn. Yes, we're growing in relationships with one another, but we're learning from one another as well. That's why we focus so much on the conversation, because ultimately, I can learn from anybody in this church because just as the Holy Spirit speaks to you on a Sunday morning, he can speak to me through you on a Sunday night. Understand that. Even your pastor is still learning. So we, we learn corporately, but we also have to create opportunities to learn. This is why we make sure our kids, are, our kids aren't just being babysat back there right now. Our kids are learning. They're growing. They're developing. This is why we have youth ministry. This is why we have rangers and girls, because we want our kids learning about Jesus. 
what he's done, what he said, and who he is. So we facilitate opportunities here at church, but also we should facilitate opportunities at our home as well. That's why we as a church have given you Right Now Media. And if you don't know Right Now Media, it is a video-based Bible study that takes, it's on the internet, and it's available to you for free. It is our gift to you as an individual. And if you haven't been on Right Now Media in a while, they are constantly updating their library with new video Bible studies. And if you, you can get the app on your phone, you can watch it online, you can watch it on your television, and you can just constantly be learning from some of the top teachers in the world. And you can just listen. Yeah, you can put it on podcasts and you can just listen to it on your, on your drives. And so if you don't have Right Now Media, if you, just, if you stop over and pursue Corner, just pick up the half piece of paper and say, yeah, I'm getting my account. It's, all, it's that simple. It's free for you to use. So we, we learn by making time to learn. But we have to make the time. Like, you have to choose to come on Sunday morning, right? Like, you, ch- you choose to come here. And you know this because some of you, at some point in your life, have said, I don't want to go today. I feel like everybody has been there before, right? So we have to choose on a consistent basis that I am not there yet. I still have room to grow. I still have room to learn. The next thing that I want to hit you with is this is the one that's like big for right now in our life. And this isn't necessarily a church one, but it is one that I need to hit on because it has the potential to change your life. We all need to stop at times in our day. Okay? We need to veg out. We need to put on a show. We need to get online. We need to just sit and rest. We just, we just need to veg out. Okay? Just, just sit there. But the problem is, in our world today, it is so easy to get stuck at being stopped. So I'm going to hit you with some information here. And so uh, they did a study on Android phone users. Um, So these are, I I would argue, by the way, this is very, I'm going to make an argument here, that these numbers are low. And this is why I'm going to say these numbers are low, because iPhone users are typically going to be like my generation and younger. And if, if, if they're my generation and younger, I know that they're spending more time doing what I'm about to talk about. Okay? Okay. So in 2020, Android users are recorded as having spent nearly 24 hours in a month on TikTok, 17 hours on Facebook, 7 hours on Instagram, and nearly 23 hours on YouTube. That means the average person is spending two and a half hours a day on those types of media that doesn't include television time, that doesn't include any other phone game that a person might be playing, or any other app. So what that means is just the apps that I just read, we're spending 10% of our day doing that. (laughs) What's amazing is that something that could benefit us, just stopping and just being like, okay, I need to just entertain my mind and be mindless, is actually destroying our lives. And the reason why I say it's destroying our lives is not the content. That's an argument for another day because a lot of the stuff on that is not good. That's, that's another day. Today we're just talking about redeeming time. Okay? We're just talking about redeeming time today. Is that we need to make the transfer of mindless moments into investing time moments. 
We need to say, hey, listen, yes, I, I, I'm, not gonna not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't go on those things. I'm saying be mindful of when you're on them because it's so easy to get caught up and stuck in them. Uh, I don't know if you know this about yourself, but when you learn new things, it actually makes you tired. Okay? When you learn new things, it actually wears you out. So uh, if you go to like, a, you get a new job and you go to training and you're learning new things, you're going to find that even if you didn't exercise that day, because you were learning new things, you're actually worn out. You're tired because you exercised your mind. But what's amazing about this is because we have stopped exercising our mind as much as we should be, we end up not as tired as we need to be at night. Some of you, you should be nodding your heads. We're not as tired at night, and when we're not as tired at night, what do we do? Well, we, we end up pulling out our phones and doing something, or we waste even more time. And if we're doing that, then we're not getting enough sleep that we need, right? And if we're not getting enough sleep that we need, what ends up happening is we end up bringing ourselves into an emotional state because we're not getting the sleep that we need to help our bodies and our minds function correctly. So we end up hitting a point where it's like, man, I am just struggling. And we end up saying, you know what, I am depressed. So now I'm lazy physically. I'm not doing as much. And then that leads us to a point where we're what? Well, I'm not doing as much, so now I'm just going to spend time on my phone. And we end up getting caught in this cycle that has just literally pulled us in, and it's not going to spit you out. You're just, being, you're just going to stay stuck in that wash cycle of too much time on my phone or on the internet or whatever you want to say. Too much time on my phone leads to I'm not sleeping well at night. Leads to I'm just tired and distraught and I don't want to do anything physically. And so I'm not going to do anything physically and it's going to lead to me in a rough emotional state. So I'm going to go online. And what happens when we go online when we're not doing well emotionally? You begin comparing your life to others around you and you get depressed and it just, it's just a cycle. Get out of the cycle. You have to choose to get out of that cycle. I, can, I cannot pull you out of it. I cannot walk up to your home and pull your phone out of your hands. I can't. So what do you have to do? You have to say, okay, my phone is being locked up. Like my phone is being put at this place and it's staying there for the rest of the day because I cannot go near it. Listen, I, this is, I'm, I'm talking to myself here too, okay? This is not a I'm looking down on you. I put Facebook app back on my phone because I thought it was going to be beneficial to me in pastoring this church because I can see things that'll pop up on our page. And so it's like, okay, it's easier if I have the app because then I'll see it and then I can deal with it. But here's the problem. No, I have the app. <laughs> so then I catch myself. I'm like, what am I doing? I took it right off my phone. I was like, this is, I can't, I can't handle it. I say all the time, you have to know what you can handle. For some of you, you hear all those things and you're like, well, that's not a problem for me, but you leave the news on for four hours. Are you learning or are you just being inundated with information that's not going to be beneficial to you at all? We have to monitor the mindless moments in our life and understand that it's okay to check out, but you have to check back in. It's going to be beneficial to your health. It's going to be beneficial to you. And the other, the last thing that I'm going to talk about today is this. So remember, the first thing I talked about was that we have to learn corporately. That's why you're here. Obviously, you are here because you value learning. You, I mean, 
I hope that you value learning and did you learn something when I teach? But again, it's not me, it's the Holy Spirit. So we learn corporately. We learn when we make time to learn. We have to make it a priority in our life. We have to monitor the mindless moments in our personal life if we are going to see ourselves learn the way that God has created us to. And then the last thing is this. We must accept that we need to learn. We must accept it. How many of you, if somebody has ever, <laughs> I gotta be real careful here. I'm this way, okay? If somebody tries to come to me with information on something I think I know, I immediately start just spitting stuff back. Oh, blah, 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 you don't understand, blah, 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 this is why I did this, blah, blah, blah. Why? A defense mechanism goes up because I don't actually want to learn anything. I think I already know it all. Confession time. <laughs> Some of you are like, Pastor, you've done this to me. I bet I have. But we have, stop it, wife. <laughs> we have to understand, we have to understand that we all have room to grow and learn. And who cares if the learning that you do is just a recap? Understand that. If the learning that you do when somebody tries to help you is just a recap, well, thank them for the recap. You just say, thank you so much for reminding me of that. I remember that, but it's just helpful that you, that you helped me in that moment. Can we just stop being defensive when somebody tries to help us? They're trying to help us. It's okay that they're trying to help us. Now listen, if somebody is constantly correcting you and constantly telling you you're wrong, it's okay then to have a conversation and say, listen, like, why do you keep doing this? And, because, and the reason why I say it is because probably they think they're the know-it-all. And it's okay to, to correct that person. But most of the time, it's just somebody who doesn't mean any harm. So a fit church is constantly learning because the more that a fit church learns, the more it is able to teach. I'm going to say that one more time. A fit church, the more that it learns, the more that it is able to teach. Because here is what should be taking place on a Sunday morning, is that you learn as I've learned, right? Because when I study, I'm learning, and then I'm conveying that to you, and then what takes place, hopefully, is you take what you've learned and you teach that somewhere else. If it stays at you, then we're not a fit church. We're not making disciples. We're not helping other people. But instead, what we do is we take what we've learned and we reciprocate that out to others. Now, some of that may be very easy. Sometimes I preach a message and you're like, man, that'll be very easy to convey to somebody else. And sometimes I'll teach a message and you go, Pastor Jonathan, how do I tell somebody else about that? And my answer to that is you just pray for an opportunity. There are going to be messages I share that you're like, I can't, I can't say that. Okay, pray for the opportunity for it to come. And it will come. It might not happen right away, but it'll come. So we must accept that we need to learn because just as much, I love this, just as much as the cycle that keeps us stuck and robs us of our joy and our sleep, and man, it's a terrible cycle to be in. There's also this cycle over here where the more we learn, the more we teach. And the more we teach, the more we have a desire to learn. And the more we have a desire to learn, the more we will learn. And the more that we will learn, the more we find ourselves with people surrounding us. Because people actually do want to learn things. They do. But we can't teach what we don't 
No. So a fit church is continuously learning because a fit, ter- a fit church has a desire to continuously teach. And if we're called to be disciple makers, not just disciplers, not just a disciple myself, but disciple makers, I need to be ready to teach. Worship team, can you guys come this morning? You know, in college, every time I went to class, <laughs> I, I, I say this, every time I went to class in college, I was ready to learn. Because in high school, I had lost a desire to learn. In high school, so often I would go to class, and because I was a bun- with a bunch of students who didn't care, or I was with a bunch of students who just needed to be retold, I, listen, I, I, as I just said, I don't like the recap. That whole part there where I was just preaching was also preaching to myself, okay? I just need you to be aware of that. I don't like it. So in high school, I checked out after a while. And then I, I've said this before, I get to college and I take my theology one class and I go to take my first exam and I get a 12. And I recognize, I don't know anything. I take my Bible entrance exam, I got a 36 out of 150. There is nothing more humbling than that. There's a lot of things actually more humbling, but that is pretty humbling for me. And in that moment, I hit this point where I was like, I don't know everything. And I need to learn how to learn. And I spent four years trying to figure it out, and I just couldn't figure it out. And then I met Josh Williford. And he was like, hey, Jonathan, have you read this book? Jonathan, have you listened to this podcast? Jonathan, you need to talk with this person. Jonathan, you need to read this article. Jonathan, you need to listen to this sermon. And what ended up happening was because he had just said, you can learn this way or this way, and he didn't do this like, he didn't do this like conveying it to me, but he said, you can learn this, this or this or this or this or this what I ended up doing was refining how I best learned and I said man I really love listening to podcasts and I also really love reading books I don't like reading articles I'll read them but I don't like to read them I love listening to podcasts and reading books and because I know that that's my favorite way to learn what do I do I listen to podcasts and I read books And I'm constantly learning things to help me as a pastor and as a follower of Jesus. For some of us in this room, we have to learn how to learn. We stop learning and it's time to relearn how to learn. So for the person in this room who says, Pastor, I I stopped learning a long time ago. I encourage you, turn to Jesus. He still has much more to teach you. Maybe it's, maybe it's, you know, I haven't given him my life and I need the foundation of love so that I can grow in his love. Maybe, maybe I'm talking to the person who finds themselves wasting so much time and today you're the person who says, okay, I need to, get, I need to schedule. I need to schedule my, my checking out time where I say, okay, I know that every day I just get lost between 6 and 8 p.m. or I get lost between 1 and 3 p.m., whatever, whatever it is for you. And so I need to set an alarm on my phone so that at 
half hour at 1.30, I say, okay, I got to pull myself out of this and I got to get into something else because it's going to be beneficial to my health and also it'll help me learn. Some of you, you just need to begin scheduling time to learn. And you say, hey, I, I haven't, but I'm recognizing I have more to learn because I'll tell you right now, if all you do is wait for a Sunday morning to learn something new, you're going to miss out on so much that God has for you. How do you learn? You spend time in God's Word. And you know what I love about God's Word now? Is that because of technology advancements, you can read it, you can listen to it. I mean, straight up, for, uh, it's getting better and better. You can watch it, right? I mean, you can watch things right now, media. You can learn in so many ways. And I, the, when we learn more about Jesus, about who He is, about what he's done and what he's spoken, it is going to transform your life. And you'll find yourself continuously learning. And as you continuously learn, you'll be able to continuously teach. Let's pray. Jesus, we recognize our need to learn. We recognize our need to learn more about you and that you have so much more in store for us. So God, may we choose learning today. May we choose growth today. God, for the person who says, I, I need to start, I need to start my relationship with you. Jesus, may in this very moment, they ask for forgiveness for their sins. And may they say, Jesus, I give you my life. I will walk with you each day. For the person who stopped learning a long time ago, God, may you fill them with a desire to learn. God, for the person who gets caught in mindless moments, would you help them redeem the time so that they can be healthier than they've ever been. In Jesus, I pray. Amen.